Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestle Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber, that is. And joining me as my co-host is Dwayne Davis. Hey, everybody. And it's rare for us to record two days in a row. Yeah. But we figured out that we had something possibly scheduled in happen. It's like, yeah, you want to record anyway? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, there's, we still got a few things we can talk about, so. Yeah, some some may seem like a repeat of yesterday's episode, but it's not because we're going more in depth. Yeah, and there's more more things have come out. Uh, like every day, more things have coming out about this particular topic. So yeah, and and I think it will until something we see somebody on a TV somewhere. Yeah, uh, and one of the things that I have not mentioned yet because it's not wrestling, but because of where I live. It's been a huge topic around here, and that's the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about the game itself? I thought it was a good game until I thought it was a good game until the very end, where it seemed like every play the referee was throwing a flag. I'm not blaming anything on the refs. Right. I'm just saying it was a great game for like 58 minutes. There was hardly any calls. And the yeah. guys were just you know putting everything out there, and then the last two minutes, it's like every single play there was a flag. And it's like some, some calls, you know, some calls were legit. Some, I kind of questioned, there was a few ticky tack calls that mm-hmm. I don't think really should be called in a game of that magnitude, but overall, I thought, I thought it was a really good game. You know, the Rams came to play, the Bengals came to play, uh, especially Bengals defense was stellar. Um, I mean, their offense took a, you know, it took a few minutes, a little bit to get going, but they, their offense was on point. Um, and I think they'll be back there. The oh, Bengals yeah. are just too good not to get back. I Especially the- if they keep that, if they keep that core team intact, I know you've mm-hmm. got to make, I know you've got to make a few different moves to right. try to try to beef up your team, but keep your core unit intact on both sides of the ball. And I think that they will definitely make another run at it this coming this next season. And I think the first thing they need to do in the draft is say, all right, every offensive line player that's in the draft, get them. Yes, because they've got to protect their quarterback or he's going to end up. You said you texted me and told me this, and I completely agree. If they don't protect their quarterback, he's going to end up being like Andrew Luck because too many times I saw I saw guys on the Bengals offensive line missing their blocks mm-hmm. and letting letting these guys get to the quarterback. I actually didn't text you that, but I agree with it. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you did. I could, maybe um, it was somebody there, else. But I, I did see somebody posted a meme mm-hmm. um that actually had that, you know, and it was actually showed mm-hmm. a picture of Andrew Luck to him retiring really early because Yeah, I saw that the next day. So okay. who, whoever did message me about that, you were absolutely right. Oh yeah. But uh because if they don't protect, and I mean that kid's just two years into his career, so mm-hmm. they've got they've got to beef up the O line so that mm-hmm. they can protect him. I mean, think about you know when they went against the Titans, he got sacked nine times yes. in one game, yes. and they still won. If yes. that says, I mean, they are a yeah. very very good team. Yeah, and but I mean he can't he can't keep taking those hits every game. No, before it starts taking a toll on him. And some of the penalties, there was a lot of non-calls that honestly probably should have been called, like the face mask 
and that would have been on the Bengals. That would have been on the Bengals. Yeah, when they scored the when they scored the touchdown. Yeah, he did grab the face mask. Yeah, now, it was, was an inverted, but it's still a fifteen yard penalty. Yeah. Now there was one that I disagreed with, to where the, it was a holding call. I mean, the guy made contact. Like he he reached out, barely touched the guy's you know guy's waist, and then moved his hands. There was never any, you know, interference right. as far as, you know, there was no pass interference or nothing like that, but they called a holding call. And it's like, he wasn't, hold, he never held him. He just I, made contact. I think what they were talking about, because at one point he barely had his Jersey, but like you said, he let go as soon as. You yeah. Know, and it, I mean, it, he didn't, and, he didn't even have a full grip. He just kind of no, laid his like, hand on like, oh, the guy. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's oh. like instantly, like he knew I can't, you know, yeah, I, I snagged. Basically, it's like you snag something. Yeah, and then you realize and like, it. Oh. And, but they did not call the Rams for offsides. I spotted that when it yeah. happened. Yep. They didn't call them for a false start. I spotted it when it happened. Yeah, they they called them for one false start, but they did it at least twice. Oh, there was one of two of their guys false start on the same play. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's a false start. And, and they, didn't nothing, they didn't call it. Yeah. And there, yeah, there was some questionable calls, but. I, overall, I thought it was a really good game. It's probably one of the better Super Bowls that I've oh, I watched in the last few years. Especially um, the last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl. Oh, Lord. That's yeah. the worst one I have ever. I mean, it actually set records for ineptitude because of the scoring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> um, and I actually saw something today, and I'm pretty sure that you've probably seen it as well, or if you haven't, you probably will see it. Tom Brady's career – was bookended by Rams Super Bowl wins. Yes. Which is wild. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I, and I was like, well, yeah, I guess it's true because, you know, um, the Rams beat the Titans. Um, and then Tom Brady, his rookie year was the next year. And then the mm-hmm. next year, he went and beat the Rams. Yep. And it's like, Patriots, 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 yes, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what was it? Tens, uh, nine Super Bowls with the Patriots. Yep. Um, you know, record six and three. So, I mean, they didn't win all of them. No. Um, but, you know, got beat twice by the Giants and then also got beat by the Eagles, who they had beaten previously in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And then he retires and the Rams win. Yeah. And, yep. uh, <clears throat> and that's, to me, that's just crazy. And, and this actually says something about now about the Bengals organization now is a lot different than what it was even, you know, just five years ago when I cannot remember his name, the, the old coach they had, the one that would, he would get them to the playoffs, could not win a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah. They'd have a stellar, they'd have a stellar season and then get to the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I can't think of his name. Uh, well, his, a lot of his issue and even diehard Bengals fans all said, said they loved him as a coach, but they said, they had a discipline problem on the team. Mm. And um, part of that, the last time they were in the playoffs before this year was the one that they almost won. They had Pittsburgh beat and then um, perfect. Javante's perfect. Mm-hmm. It was a play where him and I think Pac-Man Jones was also involved in it, which as soon as you say Pac-Man Jones, you just go say, Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but they got into, I mean, they were playing the Steelers and they were playing in Cincinnati and they got into some, first they had one penalty called for one thing. And then Javante's reached around the referee to slap. Yep. And it's like, 
Yeah. And it's like, well, you just put them in field goal range, there goes your game. Mm -hmm. And and but now um Jamar Chase today uh it was either actually today or yesterday. Today it's just been raining just stupid all day long. So yeah, it may, it's it's been, it's been doing that here too. Uh so it may not this may not have been today. Um or maybe it was Jamar Chase went to a Raising Cane's uh, restaurant and was like actually working, serving people. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, so that says there's a huge difference, you know, now. Yeah. Because you, know, you and I were talking to you before the show about company culture. That right yeah. there, mm-hmm. that's a huge difference. And so, yeah. Um, so now they're getting involved with the community because one of the things I actually heard somebody who actually had met Adam Jones. And they, they didn't have a lot of nice things to say about it. Uh, not a lot of people do. He's just, from what I understand, he's not a very likable person. Right. He's like, he's like the warrior, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, just um, great player, not a nice yeah. person. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that uh, people have said, and I'm not one to buy into to conspiracy theories just because, well, some of the main people we've seen posting conspiracy theories, one in particular, we just want to yeah. look at the dude and slap him. Yeah. Because we're like, dude, seriously, you're smart in this. Mm-hmm. And we know how smart you are. Why, yeah. you know? Yeah. But a lot of people are saying that, well, they, the referees, they had to help the Rams win. <clears throat> and I got to think about it. I was like, you know, I honestly, um, I'm not saying that it, it is happening. But the Rams, Los Angeles, big, huge, the biggest market pretty much for entertainment there is. And a billion-dollar stadium that was built. Yes. (laughs) Um, The Bengals from Cincinnati, small Mm -hmm. market. Yep. They have chili. Yep. And, you know, now granted, Cincinnati, God, I hate saying this, Cincinnati is a good sports town. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they they love the Reds. Uh, They still love Pete Rose. And – um, that's another one that actually, as, a, as far as a person goes, he's actually not a good person. I can tell you all sorts of things that I've heard from people yeah, who actually I've, knew him. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. Great play again, another one, great player, yeah, not, not, not too nice of a guy, right? Uh, and the, the soccer team that's here now, you know, um, um, FC Cincinnati Football Club Cincinnati, they love them, you know. Um, you with the Bengals always laugh. I, I told somebody the other day, I was like, well. I said every year right about now is when all the Bengals stuff would go on half price at Kroger. <laughs> so it's it's not this year. Now everything nope. they probably doubled the price. Oh you know? yeah, probably. And because a lot of times, I mean, and I'm not gonna say there's a lot of fair weather fans. You just you didn't hear a lot of people talking about it because they're like, oh Bengals, uh, sure, you know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I do. I have a lot of respect for the diehard Bengals fans, the ones that yeah. have been with them through the extremely low times you know, before they got good again. And uh, I always respect, you know, fans of franchises like that. Like, um, because it's like, that tells you that they are, you know, they're going to support that team regardless. They're not just there for when they win. Yep. And I can tell you at my church every Sunday, you know, during football season, there's some people, you know, no matter what the record is, they're going to be coming in wearing something. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, uh, but even in Dollar General, um, when I left church this past Sunday, I had to stop at Dollar General to get a couple of things. And people were in there, you know, they say, oh, they're, who day, who day? 
<laughs> and that's what I said. It's become like I am Groot. <laughs> yeah. You know, they can't say anything else. Yeah. <clears throat> I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> and and I'm like, yeah, you tell him. Yeah. I'm like, um, what? How do you know what he just said? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but it is pretty cool, you know. So hopefully they rebuild for next year. I'm still a Raiders fan. You're still a Packers fan. I'm not going to yep. abandon my team. Um, but I will say, you know what? I mean, as long as we're not playing the Raiders, I will give them kind of yeah. so yeah you know <coughs> excuse me um, but anyway back to the actual reason why we're here that's wrestling <laughs> <laughs> and want to go ahead and say hey if you ever want to email us about you know your football opinions and anything else just send it to armchair Ricky podcast at gmail.com you know you can also give us your opinions uh, at facebook.com slash armchair booking podcast or you can give us a picture on instagram at Armchair Booking Podcast, because that's really all you can do on Instagram is just, you have to yeah. have a picture. You can't just make a post. You have to have a picture with it. Yeah. Um, you can always tweet us at Booking Armchair, because why not? We do that all the time. We're always mm-hmm. doing tweets yep. on, yeah, on, on, on the Twitter. And <clears throat> you can find us on TikTok, which, you know, we've been getting videos up there trying to, you know, I'm still getting used to TikTok um, because for every 30 second video that I've posted, I've, it's always like about the third or fourth one because I've screwed up. <laughs> it's like yet delete that yeah it takes a little getting used to yeah yeah um and you know if you want to find us on audio platforms if you're because if, if you're watching the video if you want to find us an audio just do a search you can find us just about any any kind of audio platform there is if we're not on there let us know and we'll do what we can to get ourselves added yes iHeartRadio, you still suck yeah and I will, I will say that until they get their issues fixed uh and if you're not listening if you're not watching on video well you can find us on youtube just yeah. do a search for armchair booking podcast mm-hmm. and <clears throat> if you're watching a video and you're seeing it's what well, you already know with here yeah and if you enjoy the intro music we have justin from the jay and trey podcast he actually created that for us uh, i just out of the goodness of his heart he just wanted to wanted to help us out and Ooh. i i certainly... yeah that was that was you know really nice of them it, those are some those are some great guys we appreciate all their support Yep, and I'm actually missed their show today because I was working and I was like neck deep in Excel, mm-hmm. you know, trying to because um, I'm an analyst, so I'm trying to analyze, you know, something. Yeah. And sometimes I mean, I and I'll get like just so focused on what I'm doing, I'll, I'll turn around and go, "Man, it's one o'clock and I haven't eaten lunch yet." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but there's thankfully there's some restaurants that are really they're within walking distance um and some within a pretty short driving distance um, that's good yeah because right there we have a chipotle right there we have um we have starbucks i mean I, you don't think of starbucks as food but i mean they yeah. actually have you know something there we have a jimmy john's we have um what is it, the smoothie i can't think of the tropical smoothie is all right there um you know there's a japanese place right there which mean they're good and <laughs> McDonald's right there, right across the, well, this one I'll drive to because it's across a five lane highway and I ain't walking across that, but we have a, a Chick-fil-A, wow. you know, um, can't go wrong with Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And that's one of the restaurants, just they, even if they give it to give me a, a wrong order, I'm just like, you know what? They know what's best for me. Yeah. They know. Yeah. <laughs> so they know what I needed. So. <clears throat> yep. So, but yeah, but yeah, Jay and Trey, um, that'd be Justin, Jake and Trey. I mean, yeah, they have just been absolutely wonderful to us. And the world does, you know, the, we don't deserve the guys from the Jane Trey podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to, that's going to be their slogan. They probably won't put it on themselves, but that's going to be our slogan for them. 
you know, we don't deserve all the goodness that they do for everybody else. um, And as always, we are being hosted by Block Talk Radio. You know, that's who that's who I pay the money to. So that's who that's who gets to host us. Yep. Uh, So I think I've gotten everything. I think so. All right. Cool. So. First thing we can talk about, we started talking about yesterday, but then more stuff has kind of come out. And a lot of it, I'll be honest with you, a lot of it just appears to be rumor and speculation. But I might as well just say Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, I've, I have not seen anything official saying that he's joining WWE. So I don't even know how much I'll even want to say about that because there's so many avenues he could take. Yeah. As just, I still stick with, I still stick with what I said yesterday, though, that money was a huge contributing factor to him leaving AEW, and if he's trying to get a big money deal wwe's got the most money to offer you know especially with ring of honor kind of in flux impact won't be able to pay him the kind of money that he wants uh and with even if new japan could pay it or was willing to pay it with everything going on with covid and yeah you know travel restrictions and everything that's not the ideal place for him to go right now i still believe that he'll go back to wwe but the good thing about it is he has built himself into a you know a world recognized star so he's really holding all the cards that he like he doesn't need wwe wwe needs him yes and one thing that kind of occurred to me, and this has kind of been brought up a little bit, I think there's also the issue of he wanted more booking control in AEW. Yes, yes. because the when AEW first started, of course, uh, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega were all executive vice presidents. Mm-hmm. They all had tr- a tremendous amount of booking power. And I think as it went on, Tony Khan realized that this needs to be streamlined because we've got Mm -hmm. too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. And, and I think he streamlined it very well. I think there needs to be that one person that things kind of go through, like for better or for worse in WWE, Vince McMahon is that, you know, is that filter. So he, gives, he has to give the stamp of approval. Yeah, he has to give the stamp of approval. Just like, you know, any other company, whoever's at the top is having, is, you know, gives their stamp of approval. And when you've got four high profile wrestlers in executive positions with a lot of booking power, there, you always have that chance of them booking themselves mm-hmm. as the highest priority. I'm not saying they did that. I'm just saying, there's always a fear of that. And in the past, we've seen bookers. We've seen people, prominent wrestlers that were bookers. You know, Dusty Rhodes comes to mind, got wrestled yep. soul, that booked themselves in the most prominent positions in the company. And it just becomes a conflict of interest. And I, I feel like, this is just me speculating as a fan, but I feel like Tony Khan realized that and kind of took that booking control for himself. Can you read my notes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you literally just, and I would tell, 
um, Dwayne, I, he and I did not talk about this before the show, uh, but he pretty much said verbatim what I wrote down in my notes. <laughs> I said, TK does not want wrestlers booking themselves because of conflict of interest. So, yep. yeah, and, and that's it exactly because Dusty Rhodes, you know, Cody Rhodes' dad. Yeah. He uh, was notorious. In fact, well, it's come out even more in the past couple of years. And everybody loved Dusty. Yeah. But they said when it came to the booking that he would put himself over wrestlers who were drawing more money. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they even and had like, yeah, go ahead. Flair did the same thing when Flair was Booker. You know, of course, with Flair, Flair usually drew the most money. Yeah, Flair he didn't so, usually draw the most money. But as a booker, it's still a conflict of interest to put yourself ahead of everybody else. Uh, now, Flair has said that he's really not, a, not he doesn't like booking because he doesn't have the attention span for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, especially if a woman walks by. I was going to say, there's probably too many women walking past and he, he saw a skirt and was like, uh, oh, oh, what about wrestling? Yeah, do whatever you want. I'm, I got to go. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually been talked about on Arn Anderson's podcast and Tony Schiavone's, well, both of them with Conrad Thompson, of course, mm-hmm. that they would have um, on their house show loop. And things were done a little bit different, you know, back then, um, because you would have your enhancement matches on TV with the occasional, you know, top you know two or two top stars or two top tag teams going yeah. at it on tv yeah the house shows is where all the money was made and you might have the very occasional like super card like a starcade yeah and this is before wrestlemania came in which it still irks me they say grandfather of it all because no that was starcade no starcade yeah but they had the a the a loop the b loop and the c loop well, the A card was Dusty, like Dusty and Magnum. Mm-hmm. The the B loop was like the Rock and Roll Express. And in the C loop would have been like Jimmy Valiant. You know, right. my boy. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> but something like that. And the A towns or the A loop was the ones they were supposed to be drawing the most money. The problem was the rock and rolls were like the hottest thing since Sunburn at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were out drawing Dusty. And they were dusty and Magnum could have been like in the Charlotte Coliseum, a huge place. The rock and rolls were in a smaller venue and were still drawing more people. Yeah. Still drawing more people and drawing more money. Right. And, and so Tony Khan, as much as what he's not, I mean, this is really his first, you know, foray into the wrestling business is mm-hmm. this. And so you would think, well, he, you know, he's not a wrestler. He doesn't know what he's doing, but he's been a wrestling fan all his life. Yep. And not just a, hey, I like him on the surface, like cheering for him. He really yeah. get, he got into the business side of it. Yeah, I'm sure he's done his research and talked to people, you know, people that have been involved in the business and to understand how things need to be done. And from what I've just, I watched AEW every week. And from what I've seen, you know, the booking has been, like I said, for the most part, it's been pretty solid. So yeah, I think his, I think his, you know, him, you know, taking the booking power and being the one that everything kind of funnels through, I think that's worked tremendously well for AEW. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so I'm thinking maybe Cody wanted more booking control and Tony Khan said, I'm not going to have mm-hmm. my wrestlers at booking yep. and not, not the active wrestlers. I think between that 
I think between losing booking power and not getting the money that he thought he was worth, and that's understandable. You got to, you know, mm-hmm. get what you think you're worth. But I think Tony Khan looked at it like there's going to be, you know, WWE has a, a pattern of releasing wrestlers. There's going to be some top names that come available and I'm going to need this money. I mean, they have unlimited resources, but you don't, but so did WCW and we see what happened there. So you don't want to just, even though you have unlimited resources, you don't want to burn through those resources, you know? And so I think Tony Khan's looking at it like I need to keep some money in reserve because there's still going to be people, you know, that I want to sign eventually and bring them in. Um, And then I think it just got to the point to where AEW's kind of moved on from Cody. Cody was extremely important at the beginning. You know, him, the Bucks, Omega, Tony Khan. You know, they built this company literally from the ground up. But with the talent that they, with the talent that they have, I think it's gotten to the point where Cody wasn't, Cody's not essential to the success of that company anymore, like he was at the beginning. And you know what we were talking about yesterday also, Um, Brandy Rose. Yeah. When she, there was this promo she cut um, a few weeks ago, or maybe like a month ago, and the whole time I'm just kind of sitting here like, what's she talking about? I mean, it was... All of her promos were that way. None of it made sense. And it's like reports had come out the past couple of days that she wasn't well liked backstage. But then AEW wrestlers have come to her defense saying how, you know, they did like her and she was very helpful and all that. So, you know, there's always, you know, there's always rumors about stuff. But I feel like, again, she was not essential to the success of AEW Oh, not but not Brandy, not by Either. long shot. I mean, yeah. She's also not ex- essential to the success of Cody because, from what I understand from several sources that I've seen, um, Sports Illustrated, Wrestle Zone, PW Insider, when Co- everybody pretty much thinks it's a foregone conclusion that Cody's going to go to WWE. I think it's a foregone conclusion that that's where he's going to go because that's where the money's at. That is where the money's at. Yeah, and, but from what I understand, Brandy's not going with him. So I don't know what Brand. I don't know if she's still going to be involved in wrestling or what she's going to do. But from what I've been from what I've been seeing, Brandy's not going to be part of the package. She might be staying at home taking care of their daughter. Could you be. Know, which and I mean, I have no issue with that. I mean, at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't have any issue with that. And she's got other things that she was doing. Yeah. You know, it's you know in addition to AEW, so she, she might have other, you know, ventures going on, but, um, I definitely think Cody's going to go to W go back to WWE, but he's going to have way more say in how he's booked. He's smart. He's a smart (laughs) enough businessman to not get himself booked to where he has to come out wearing polka dots like his daddy did. Yeah. And I'm sort of thinking that, Got, sorry, I got to grab a prop for this. That he's going to show up and Triple H is going to walk in the room and say, So, about you destroying that that throne up there? 
You want to explain to me what that's all about? <laughs> he might, but Cody could shoot back at Triple H and be like, yeah, I broke the throne. What are you really going to do? Because apparently you don't have a whole lot of power anymore either. So, yeah, you know, um, they've, you know, triple, they've kind of, you know, Triple H has gotten demoted without officially being demoted. You know, yeah. they just pretty much took all the power that he had within the company seems to be gone. I wonder if he actually, he did something to make Vince um, mad. I don't know, because like that drastic change from black and gold to 2.0 and mm -hmm. everybody that had any ties to Triple H getting, you know, getting fired. It was just like, you know, did something happen at a Sunday dinner or, you know? Well, and I'm not, I'm definitely not making an accusation on this. So please, if anybody, please don't contact the Levesque family and say this. But I've always said, if somebody will cheat with you, they'll cheat on you. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm just going to say it just like that. And, but I, but honestly, at the same time, I actually can't see him. No. Yeah. Because, but. I mean, there's a difference between, like what 25 year old Paul Levesque and 50 year old and 50 Paul year old Paul Levesque. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it'll but, be interesting to see what, you know, how Cody's booked. Um, I definitely see him. I definitely see them getting this deal done so that he can be on the WrestleMania card. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, if, if, yeah, if it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I can't see Vince McMahon passing this up even just to be petty. And been like, you know, you've beaten us in the, even though we don't want to admit that your competition, you definitely are. You beat us in the, the, you know, 18 to 49 demo every single week. Every single week. But we just signed one of your biggest stars and a former executive in your company. Yeah. Vince is not, nobody would pass that up. Not Vince McMahon, not Eric Bischoff, not Dusty not flair not bill watts nobody with any kind of power in a company is going to pass that up even if it's just to rub it in the competition space mm -hmm. and now let's just hope if cody does end up going to the back to wwe um let's just hope for a couple things first they put him wearing a turtleneck and i'm tired of looking at that tattoo I really yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't mind the tattoo itself. It's just how it. it just, but how? But not on the. I'm just not a neck. I'm not a. Mm, some people neck tattoos work for, but it did not work for Cody. No, it looks like a mistake. It looks yeah. like they accidentally put it there. Yeah, he could have got that anywhere else, and I'd have been fine with it. But if he'd have got it on it, the back of his neck, hey, cool. But no, it's yeah. like right. It's just. Yeah, it looks like a bad and smudge. Not, and it's not something you can hide because even when he's got like a collared shirt on and like a suit jacket and everything, it still comes out. It's still sticking up out of the side, and it's like it just looks like something's growing on the side of his, you yeah. know, on his neck. And it's like, mm. oh, exactly. And and beyond that, let's hope they use him correctly because there have been other people who've come back to WWE and everybody they were all hyped and everything. And yep. then within a year, all of a sudden, they were wanting to leave again. Yep. And Cody may may put a clause, may have a clause put in his contract and been like, you know, if I don't like how things are going, I can leave after a certain amount of time. Because guys have had that put in contracts before. And um, But if he does come back, he needs to go to SmackDown because they desperately need 
main event talent. Because Which is the, really sad because just a year ago they were they were the ones with all the talent. Now yeah. all of a sudden it's it's yeah. Now then it's like ugh. they you know they raided SmackDown with the draft and took all the main event talent, moved it to Raw, and then left Roman with nobody to fight. And it's like that would be the promo work alone with Cody and Roman would definitely yep. talk people into the building. And, you know, and as far as Brandy goes, if all of a sudden you see a masked female wrestler referring to herself as chocolate milf, <laughs> it's Brandy Rose. It's Brandy Rose. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I want to see that. actually. That would that, be hilarious. Yeah. That's not Brandy Rhodes. That's chocolate yeah, milk. That would be something she'd do. That sounds like something she'd do too. That'd be <laughs> that'd be funny. Uh, and then Vince said, "What is milf?" Yeah. Um, if you don't follow Brandy Rhodes on Twitter, uh, <clears throat> you need to because her Twitter is fantastic. So yeah, her Twitter is great. Out. Her promos in the ring are horrible, but on Twitter she's awesome. Yeah, on Twitter she's awesome. It's like, can we take that energy and? But not everybody's a good promo person, though. You know, that's true. Chris Benoit was one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen. Terrible promo. Yeah. Dean Malenko, one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen. Terrible promo. Some some people have it and some people don't. But that's why I just don't like the... I don't like that people get judged. People get pushes based on how well they can talk on the microphone. It's like, again, it doesn't say talking on the marquee. It says wrestling. It says wrestling. It's, if they can get through the ropes and wrestle a great match, that's all I care about. I mean, and I get it is a package. I mean, you do have to have all yeah. of it. You know, you need to as much as what you can. But that's why you have somebody like a Paul Heyman. Exactly. That's why you need to have, that's why WWE needs to have managers. That's why you have an MVP for Bobby Lashley. MVP that's, is awesome. That way Bobby manager. Lashley gets to keep things short and sweet if he does talk. MVP does the heavy lifting. Not, I don't want to. I don't want to see MVP back in the ring because I like him so much now as a manager. I know he's great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and because he got injured, and that's the reason. Well, well, yep. happens, and he's just thriving yep. that role. So yeah, keep yeah. him as a manager. I mean, yeah, uh, man. And there was, um, yeah. And speaking of Paul Heyman, <laughs> did you see it was a a fan made the video of the SmackDown? I guess it was like the after the normal SmackDown show tapings when he was about to go in the audience to fight yeah. a fan. Yeah, he took his he took his jacket <laughs> off and everything. It's like, calm, calm down. You're going uh, to be, you're blown up after taking the jacket off. Calm down. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and it was all in fun, but I mean, oh, like, yeah. his face was just, and then he like, Roman's hugging him. Come on, Paul. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you calm know, down. Like, it's okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that one again. That one, yeah. it just, it had me laughing so hard. And, <clears throat> but, uh -oh. But one of the people who, you know, we're talking about, you know, Brandy coming back, maybe if she would have come back, I wouldn't want her to come back now because right now this is something that you retweeted today and I, uh, I tweeted a reply to it because we called this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we definitely did. Yeah. Uh, Tegan Knox, uh, follow her on Twitter also. Her, her Twitter's great. Um, Tegan Knox tweeted earlier, and like Steve said, I retweeted it, um, that she feels like the WWE's women's division is going back to uh, the days of the Divas. And I completely agree. We, again, like Steve said, we talked about this months ago. Mm -hmm. If you are not 
basically, if you're not Ronda Rousey or one of the four horsewomen, then you get no time, no character development, no championship opportunities, uh, nothing like that. And I mean, I know Bianca Belair was on fire last year, but look how quickly that they burned her just because yeah. Becky just because Becky came back. It took 26 seconds to kill her push. Yeah. It took 26 seconds. It took, you know, it took a year of her career to get to where she was at. And it took 26 seconds to kill all the progress that she had yep. made. And that is just the thing. I mean, you've got, I mean, you've got Natalia stuck in this feud with Aaliyah and it's not benefiting either one of them. Mm-hmm. You've got Naomi stuck in this feud with Sonya Deville that seemingly is not ever going to end. I thought it, I thought it had ended. I thought it ended when Naomi beat her, but apparently not. Um, And then you've got, you've got Ronda Rousey coming in and leapfrogging over every woman in the division to win the rumble and get the championship match against Charlotte at mania. Somebody who honestly, I feel like does not want to be there. Yeah. Does not appreciate Uh, the position. I agree. And I feel like she does not appreciate the position that she's in. It's like you, you have put in literally a year worth of wrestling time. You have women that have been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years that have never gotten that opportunity. Tamina has been there for over a decade. And has never got, has gotten, I think, one singles championship match. And I think that was against, uh, no, two. I take that back. In in over a decade, she's gotten two opportunities. She got a Divas championship match back when that was a thing. And then she got a women's title match, I think, against Bailey when Bailey was SmackDown women's champion. Um, other than that, no opportunities for her. Uh, Natalia has had two world title reigns her entire career. She's been in WWE probably 15 years now. Yeah. Um, it's just, you have all these women. Dana Brooke has been there for a decade. Yep. You know, and you know, the only championship she's ever won is the 24 seven title. 24 seven title. Yeah. That's you know, it. Ma- Mandy Rose has been there for years. She had to go to NXT in order to win a championship. Never got that opportunity on the main roster. Um, it's just, if you're not, we shouldn't count Bailey because Bailey is out injured. If you go by right now, if you're not Charlotte, Becky, or Sasha Banks, then they don't, they don't seem to care about the rest of the women's division. Every, everybody else is just get two or three minutes to do whatever. And when you have Shayna Baszler, who is the, honestly, in my opinion, the most complete female wrestler on that roster when you have her doing absolutely nothing that tells you all you need to know about their booking policy towards women and especially when Shayna Baszler is very very legit yes I mean mean, she is very legit in MMA she is very legit in professional wrestling I mean she is you know trained in that catch as catch can style of wrestling you know Josh Barnett trained her. Josh Barnett was trained by Billy Robinson. I mean, the, oh. the skills are there. She is, you know, and her, 
her character work is fantastic. She is, she carries herself like a killer. She works in the ring like a killer. Like she has one goal and that is to maim whoever is in the ring with her, which she can legitimately do. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand why she's not getting this push, but Rhonda, who does not have the wrestling skill that Shayna Baszler does because she's still basically a rookie. I mean, she only wrestled for a year, yeah, before, yeah, it was she, a year. before she left. So she's basically still a rookie. And honestly, I think if you put Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler in a legit fight, Shayna's going to take that because Ronda's proven in MMA. If she can get you on the mat and get the arm bar, then you're done. But if she has to stand up with you, she can't. And I don't see that she's changed that MO, and I don't think she could hang with Shayla Baszler. Vince McMahon has said that he does not, he does not get what Shayna Baszler's gimmick is. How do you not when you book, you have you have the exact same type of person <laughs> challenge right now, challenging for to both your world titles. She's 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 Brock Lesnar. Yeah. That's yeah. what she is. So why not push her? It's They're like, even from the same state. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't I, I don't understand this. And it's like you've got Becky doing the big time Bex thing, and I'm just not a fan because no. the whole the whole thing with the man was perfect and they should have just kept going with that. Here's the thing. Flair's lawsuit is frivolous at best because Flair said to be the man, you gotta beat the man. He didn't trademark any of that. So nope. he has no claim to it. Flair's all about money. Write him a big enough check and he'll shut up. That's all they had to do. Well, he'll and shut let, up until, until he runs out of money. Until he runs out of money. But by then, it's like you've already taken the settlement, so you don't get anything yeah. else. But Becky should have stayed the man. Charlotte, they, they act like they don't understand why people are booing Charlotte because you pushed her to the moon. I mean, she's been on the roster for, she's been on the main roster for, let me think, six or uh, seven um, years. Well, I'm was trying it? to think. We, we actually saw her in Cincinnati. It was on a house show. It was in December of 2014. Okay, 2014. She's been yeah, on the so, roster for eight years. Yeah. If you count NXT championships, she's a two-time NXT champion. Let me look up just so I don't get actually seven you. seven years. She was still on NXT at the time. Okay. Um, because they brought they brought her and some of the other NXT folks up because they called it a Santa's like a Santa's little helper or Santa's elves match, and, and uh. she was she was wearing these <clears throat> I don't know like things around her feet. They looked like like they were red with like the white you know, like fringe yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And eventually, you know, you could tell she was having issues trying to walk in them because they kept sliding down. Eventually she just kicked them off. She's like, God, screw that. Yeah. You know, because it was a safety hazard. Um, so yeah. So about seven years, I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and in seven years time, she is a two time NXT women's champion a one time Davis champion. So we're already at three world titles, a six time raw women's champion. So now we're at nine a six-time SmackDown Women's Champion. So we're at 15. 
women's tag team champion and won the Royal Rumble. Oh, and yeah. I wonder how much cumulative time she's had with those championships. Because I mean, I, I'm on. I'm more impressed by the the time with the belt rather than because you yeah. have to lose the belt that many times too. Uh, Becky Lynch had a perfect line one time when they were having an in ring promo, and Becky's told her she's like, because Charlotte was talking about how many championship reigns she had, and Becky was like, "Your reigns are plentiful, but my reign is meaningful." Yeah. And that's that that is legitimately the difference yep. in wrestling. It's like, yes, okay, John Cena, the sixteen time mm-hmm. world champion. But how many of those reigns past the first one were meaningful? Because yep. the first one he held it for just a little over a year before he got injured and had to relinquish the title. But after that, how many of those reigns were actually meaningful? Um I mean, you could say the same thing for Flair toward the end of his career. Towards, towards the end, yeah. Toward the end. How many of the reigns toward the end were meaningful? It's like, I'm more impressed with Roman Reigns' reign as universal mm-hmm. champion than I would be if Roman lost the title, won the title, lost the title, won the title, you know, over multiple months. He's held it for over 500 days. That's more impressive to me than hot shot in the title. That's why I like how AEW books their champions. But there's, mm-hmm. you know, they've been, you know, the company's three years old and there's only been four world champions. Uh, I mean, and just think about Sasha Banks as, as an example. Um, how many times did she hold a, a singles title before she actually successfully defended it? Uh, she's only done that once. Yeah. She's only she had went, one reign where she actually the, defended it successfully. Yep. The last time when she won the SmackDown women's title, when she defended it against Bailey, she beat Bailey. And yep. that was the first time in her career that she had successfully defended a championship. Yeah. Usually so she, she won. Usually she lost the first <clears throat> title defense Yeah, that she had so, after winning the title. So think about that. Sasha's actually lost the championships more times than what she's mm-hmm. actually successfully defended. She's only had like two or three successful title defenses. Then she lost it to uh, Bianca at WrestleMania, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which we're always going to put that match over. Oh my god! Oh yeah. <laughs> Just well, you look at good, but... well, you look at Sasha. Sasha's been on the main roster the same amount of time as Charlotte. They they all you know they call came to the main roster at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks is a one-time NXT Women's Champion, five-time Raw Women's Champion, and a one-time SmackDown Women's Champion. So she's won seven, seven singles titles, two tag titles, in seven years. Charlotte is at 16 championships, counting the tag titles she won with Oscar, in seven years. And they yeah. wonder why, you know, especially the singles titles. 15 women's, you know, 15 world titles in seven years. It's like, and you wonder why she gets booed out of the building when she comes out. There's and especially are, when lately her matches have been sloppy. Yeah, her she matches have been, her matches man. have been a mess. Her promos have been a mess. Her, you know, just her work within a promo, you know, the thing like the, the botch with the table. Yeah, you know the botch with her supposed to get her head smacked on the table, and she braces and everything, and 
the I'm not saying she should have just broke her nose or anything, but there's a way to make that look good. And she definitely did mm-hmm. not make that look good. Um, her getting multiple times, her getting thrown off the top rope and she makes sure she lands on her feet and things like that. It's like people just want her to go away for a while. I think that's where people have gotten people were like that with Roman. Then Roman went away, not, you know, the circumstances sucked because of COVID and you right. know his vulnerability to that. But Roman went away, came back as a heel, and the fans are loving it. Like yeah. you can you can see in the arenas whenever he comes out and he's supposed to be the, the Roman Reigns is the final boss on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. From the way he carries himself to the music to the promo work, he is he is the ultimate video game final boss. And the fans appreciate, I think, the work that he's put into this character. And he's starting to get run. cheers. He's starting to get cheers. Yeah. But he's still not leaning toward, he's not like, oh, I hear a few cheers. Now I gotta be good. No. He's still he's still miserable and hateful. And fans are loving it because. He's getting to be, he's getting to do what we all knew he could do years ago. But Vince McMahon was just hell bent on making sure he was a face. And not only that, but I'm, I'm, I'd have a hard time trying to support anybody who says suffering succotash during a program. I know. And that's another thing. <laughs> I just wish that they would stop with the scripted promos, stop with promo class and all this stuff. If the person can cut a promo, give them the bullet points and send them to the curtain. Exactly. I mean, and... <laughs> if, for a perfect example, go back and watch CM Punk's promo from uh, Dynamite last night. Okay. That was a m- masterclass in a promo to set up a match. And that's all it takes. You know, you look at The Rock, you look at Steve Austin, you look at Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, to an extent, Hulk Hogan. I mean, all Brother. of these guys, you know, CM Punk, you look at right now, you look at MJF, all of these guys are just, that's a promo. It's like, here is, I need you to sell this match. You look at the Horsemen, fantastic promos. Every one of Love those guys them. could wrestle and talk. Flair said that himself. He's like, and that is unheard of to have a group of guys and all of them could wrestle and talk. The horsemen talked you into the building before they ever laced their boots. They were fantastic promo guys. You've got fantastic promo guys in AEW. You've got Brian Danielson. You've got John Moxley. And every one of them is different. You know, but you've got Danielson. You've got Moxley. You've got Adam Cole. Anybody who says Adam Cole can't cut a promo has apparently not paid attention throughout his career because the guy is fantastic uh, you got malachi black you've got uh, i mean just so cm punk mjf just so much promo well, and, talent and they got three guys who are also not even they're not even active wrestlers mm-hmm. all three of them are managers mm-hmm. but and, we, and we've already mentioned two of them sort of arn anderson Tully and Blanchard, Tully Blanchard. yeah and jake roberts exactly yeah jake roberts his promos i mean they would scare you he yeah. was that. He was that even, good. Okay. Even Dan Lambert from t- America's yes. Top Team. I want to punch him. I really do. And that's his job. <laughs> that he he does his job. That's exactly what he wants you to do. 
and Tully Blanchard said it best. You have got to get people worked up enough. If you're a heel, you have got to get people worked up enough to where they are willing to leave their house, go pay for parking, pay for concessions, pay for tickets, sit through some, sit through some lesser matches to get to your match to see you get your butt kicked. That is the, you know, that is it. And there is not a better heel right now for that than MJF. Yeah. MJF makes you want to punch him in the face, but he makes you want to listen to every word he has to say. Because he is that good. He is that good. And the guy's <laughs> 25 years old. Yeah. I mean, he's got, you know, an entire like career still ahead of him. Yeah. He's got 20 years at least to go, if not longer. You look at wrestlers are wrestling longer these days than mm-hmm. they did before. Oh, and Jericho. We, yeah. we totally forgot about Jericho. Jericho still cuts a great promo. Jericho's a great promo. Uh, even even up-and-coming guys, you look at uh, Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. They have been on fire promo-wise. And in-ring in ring work, they've always been great. I've watched them since they were um, LAX and Impact. But the last few weeks with this implosion of the inner circle, especially Santana, fantastic promo work. Eddie Kingston, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant promo stuff. Everything that, you, that comes out of Eddie Kingston's mouth, you you feel that. And it's like, for me, that's the difference. I know I'm, I know I keep talking, but no, you're fine. <laughs> the, the, the difference for me between WWE and AEW is I watch WWE. I like some of them, uh, you know, there's a lot of wrestlers that I like and respect and I, you know, like their work. AEW, I get that. I get that chill. I get those goosebumps that I used to get when I was younger and watched mm-hmm. pro wrestling, it's like the things that AEW is doing are just, it reminds me so much of old NWA, mm-hmm. old Mid-South. It's like, it's that mentality with a, you know, with a 21st century twist on it. But it's like, it's that kind of thing that I'm so glad that AEW is around because it keeps my love for pro wrestling alive because I love wrestling, but I mean, there are times when WWE is hard to support and it's hard to watch. Yeah. Because even because I think WWE, <clears throat> I've kind of, you know, fallen into the camp that I'm, I know I'm kind of behind the times a little bit. I don't even really watch. Well, one thing we're always doing a podcast on nights mm-hmm. of on, but at the same time, I haven't even gone back to watch the replay. I'll go and look and go, well, I'll delete the last three weeks worth again. Yeah. You know, off my DVR because I can always catch okay my ups and downs, and plus I can always catch the highlights because I know if they were to just same say, match. yeah, it, it, it's the same matches, and if you just mm-hmm. condensed it all down to just the wrestling, you know, out of a three-hour show, you might have thirty minutes tops of the yeah. wrestling. Yeah, if you're lucky, you might get an hour. Like this past week on Raw, they had the, the, the women's the gauntlet, gauntlet yeah. which I heard was excellent. I still hadn't had a chance to watch it yet, but I've heard it was excellent. Rhea Ripley went like 45 minutes. I do like the um, gauntlet matches. When they have those, I do yeah. like those. But those are, I mean, that that type of you know compelling match is few and far between for them. Even, right. their, even their premium live events are very hit or miss i mean you had crown jewel which was a really good show yeah and then you had you had day one 
which I was mm. not I was not that impressed with. Yeah. Yeah, the Royal Rumble, which in my yep. opinion was terrible. Yep. And mm. so now it's like it used to be you could go into a WWE pay-per-view going, this is at the very least, it's going to be a good show. It's going yeah. to be a good, entertaining show. Now it's either this is going to be a good show. They're, they're never great. Not anymore. Not anymore. They haven't been in a while. They haven't been in a long time. But so you're either going to get, you're either going to go into it. Is this going to be a good show? Or am I going to be texting Steve? <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to be texting Steve <laughs> with a bunch of unfamily friendly content because they did something stupid again? Yeah. I mean, and that's become like every pay-per-view. I'm like, I'm, I got the text on standby. It's like, yeah. All right. Send. There it goes. They just did something stupid, you know? Um, and, and in the matches that they have, uh, which have you watched the Naomi uh, Charlotte match yet? Uh, no, I haven't had a chance. I'm going to try to you, watch that and the gauntlet match tomorrow. Okay, you. Uh, I need to watch the gauntlet match as well. You've got to watch Naomi and Charlotte because that match was so good, and I was glad to see Naomi. Hopefully, she's back in there getting a good push. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I know there for a little bit. I mean, she was the champion for a bit, and then they took it off of her, and then she got in trouble. Yeah. And she and is it Jimmy? Yes. Yeah. She and Jimmy kept, you know, well, they, their pictures were always on like the wrestling version of TMZ. Like, yeah, they kept getting know. in trouble. And then she got uh, out of that. And then it's like, and she should be, honestly, she should be champion because yeah. the crowd's into her. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, she's got, you know, she does pretty good on the mic. Yeah. She's an amazing athlete. And it's like, she's got everything that you would want, again, to represent your company. It's like, the the whole, my thing is the whole Charlotte Flair experiment. Okay, we've done that. Apparently, we've done that 15 times now. Yeah. It's like, can can somebody else get an opportunity? Can somebody not name, not, not name Charlotte Flair <laughs> or Ronda Rousey get that opportunity? Because we all know at WrestleMania, Ronda's going to beat Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yeah, it's like they're not even trying to kind of create an, an, an a no, there's mistake about it. None. None at all. There's there everything is like Charlotte's the evil witch. Rhonda's <laughs> gonna ride in, you know, and be and save us from the evil witch, except she's an evil witch too. She's just a mm -hmm. lesser of two evils. And it's like we we've seen this coming since she won the rumble. So it's like, they don't even try to, like you said, they don't even try to make anything a mystery anymore. It's like right. my three-year-old daughter could watch it and be like, oh, well, she's going to win. I mean, if they don't make it hard to figure out, there's, there's no intrigue to it. Intrigue. Thank you. That's what I was looking for earlier. And other companies, and, you look at other, all these other companies from, you know, from AEW, which is the, you know, the solid number two, <laughs> you look at GCW. There's always intrigue in their matches. You never know who's going to show up. You don't know, you know, and you really don't know what's going to happen. You, you know, like their world title matches, like Moxley defending against uh, Nick Gage. Everybody expected Nick Gage to win the title back, but he didn't. Mox beat him clean and kept the title. And it's just things like that. It's like the intrigue is what keeps us as fans 
involved in the product. And if mm-hmm. you if you strip that away, why are we watching? And I, I think WWE, they're forgetting about the reaction of Goldberg and Brock Lesnar back, what was it 2004 at Madison yeah. Square Garden? Yeah. Or 2005. Either way, the, the WrestleMania at Madison Square Garden, when both yeah, of them two, were... It was 2004. Both of them were out the door. Yeah. The, fa- the fans knew they were both out the door <laughs> and just... Booed them. Mercy booed them out of the building. I mean, and the match was terrible. Yeah, because they were both throwing like, it in. Yeah, neither neither guy tried because they knew they were leaving, and it's like just get as fans. All I want a wrestling company to do is truly entertain me and not treat me like an idiot. And I feel like WWE has no respect for their fans as far as their intelligence, and they just expect us to blindly accept everything that they give us and they've been doing that for the better part of four decades yeah because even the old after mags they used to say it almost every Mm -hmm. episode every edition Mm -hmm. uh didn't matter which was the person illustrated the wrestler inside wrestling sports review wrestling wrestling usa wrestling whatever the year was yeah they all said wwf this would make well they they actually called out this McMahon at the time so Mm -hmm. we should have known back then he was the owner but yeah, um, they said they are constantly insulting the fans' intelligence. That's actually yeah. where I learned that phrase. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I learned from wrestling. That's but, one of it, and the word blatant. But, yeah, but they really are, and it's like, you know, they've forgotten that without the fans, they would not be a billion-dollar company. Right. You know, if there's nobody in those seats, and you know, nobody buying the tickets, nobody buying the merchandise, and nobody watching your program, then you'd be out of business mm-hmm. and so have a little more respect for your fans. And I feel like other, co- other wrestling companies get, try to give their fans what they want, not what they think the fans want, but I think they kind they kind of listen to fan reaction and kind of go that way. WWE is like, Oh, well you like this person. Oh, well, no, we can't have that. So yeah, and we're, we're going to punish this person because they got over, even though we told them that's what they were supposed to do. They didn't do it when we said they were supposed to do it. So right. now they're going to get punished. I mean, and I get that in any, any kind of business, if you know something is stagnating, you do have to try new things. Yeah. You say, okay, let's try that with the fans. But if the fans don't like it, you need to put, need to pull it back. Exactly. And they have done that in the past. They've actually tried something, and it's like, oh, that, that really doesn't appear to be working. Well, and... I think about the um, WrestleMania 30 main event where Daniel Bryan got inserted <coughs> yes. into that main event. I mean, they were adamant it was going to be Randy Orton and Batista for the World Heavyweight title. And, and nobody wanted to see that. Nobody wanted to see that. Nobody wanted to see that. That You know, that... Well, that was another case also of Batista had just returned right before yeah. the Rumble, like yeah. like a couple of weeks before the Rumble. Yeah, won the Rumble, yeah. boo, and he well, he walked in there a face. He walked out flipping everybody off, literally. Well, yeah, because nobody wanted him to win because everybody wanted Daniel Bryan was everybody's guy. Yeah, that's who they wanted, and WWE were adamant 
that they weren't going to do it. And then until they figured out, we cannot have the fans re- literally revolting at our WrestleMania main event. So we're gonna have we're gonna have to buckle and put you know buckle down and put Daniel Bryan in this yeah. match, which saved the match. The match was excellent because yeah. Daniel Bryan was in it, and that was his second match of the night. Mm-hmm. Yep, and because he made he Triple a, H tap, and then he made yep, Batista tap. Yep, he had a great match with Triple <laughs> H to open it, and then yeah, tapped out Batista to end it. And honestly, those two matches are the only thing that I would ever go back and watch on WrestleMania 30. Everything else is pretty much forgettable because they, uh, Bray Wyatt got squashed, you know, Yep. which Bray Wyatt should have won his match, well, I believe. I, that one, I didn't know what it was necessarily a squash. He did get beat, but it wasn't well, necessarily a squash. Uh, it wasn't a squash, but it was one of those things where he should have won should've, that. He still should have won. He should have won that match because, you know, that would have been the perfect time to build upon everything that they put, you know, they had put into Bray Wyatt. He had put into Bray Wyatt. God, that was such a wasted opportunity they had. But but no, they feed him to John Cena and have Cena win. You know, of course, that's also Brock Lesnar breaks the streak. Never should have happened. Um, that's my opinion, but. I get, I get breaking the streak. It shouldn't have been that night, though. Well, it shouldn't have been. Maybe it shouldn't have been that night. I do understand them having Brock do it because it would not have benefited anybody else because the fans would not have accepted anybody else breaking the streak. Except for Daniel Bryan. (laughs) They could have actually done that. that. (laughs) Brock was already hated, so he didn't, and he doesn't care. So he could deal with the nuclear heat that came from that. But that should have been, you know, that should have been something to to give a rub or pass the torch to the next big star. But the fans just love the streak so much, me, myself included, mm-hmm. that the fans would have would have just buried anybody who broke it if it, you know. So Brock was the only logical choice to do that. But the match was a mess because the Undertaker got a concussion early on. Yeah. So there was that, and I don't honestly, I don't remember a whole lot else from WrestleMania 30. Uh, let's see, Hogan called it the Silver Dome a couple times, even though they were in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah, I don't remember much either. Yeah, I remember John Cena and Bray Wyatt, Undertaker yeah. and Brock Lesnar, no, and the two Daniel and the two Daniel Bryan matches. Uh, now I'm gonna have to go look and see what, <laughs> what was on that card because. <sighs> And it, and I do remember thinking, I mean, it, when I watched it, it wasn't, oh, Cesaro won the Battle Royal. Um, uh, where's that? Where's that? Oh, there we go. All right. Go on with the Wikipedia. Uh, okay. Results. Uh, dark match, the Usos, for Fatal 4-Way. Um, uh, for the WWE Tag Team Championship. Daniel Bryan got that one. The Shield um, defeated Kane in the New Age Outlaws. A forgettable match, had no reason. Cesaro Battle Royal. Um, actually, you know what? There weren't a whole lot of matches on here. Mm-mm. No. Eight matches, including the dark match. And 
Yeah, no wonder we didn't remember much because there wasn't much to remember. Because I, AJ Lee defeated a, a whole lot of other women for the Vicky Guerrero Invitational match for the WWE Divas Championship, which within a year it was no longer, or yep. maybe two years it was no longer the Divas Championship, which kind of leads us full circle and back what we were talking about. Um, about them bringing the divas, they're bringing back all this old stuff. They're thinking, well, we had a formula and it worked because mainly because who was backstage now as an agent again? John Laurinaitis. Yep, the man who yeah. loved the divas. Yep. And, and uh, if you notice, it's going back to instead of what the women can do in the ring, it's going by looks. And it's like yeah. that does such a disservice to these women who have perfected their craft and are just as good in the ring as any man you would put in there. But it's because they're a woman and because certain people are in power, it's, oh, well, we're more concerned about what you look like than what you can do in the ring. I know this is kind of a weird comparison, but I mean, I always make kind of uh, a movie analogy. You ever seen the movie Stuck on You? Mm-hmm. And do you remember when they that old the old agent i mean i say old because he was an old, older man by this point and he's negotiating for you know matt damon and greg Kinnear. yeah yeah and he said i want the same deal that so-and-so got and they're like you mean a hundred dollars an episode and da-da-da. he's like yeah I'm like <laughs> wow um because and they're trying to go back to those kind of formulas mm-hmm. when people were tired of seeing divas i've never thought of the word diva as anything endearing to me it's always been an insult yeah you know anytime you call somebody a diva you would probably insult me saying oh you, th- you think you're better than everybody you think mm-hmm. you don't have to you know things certain things don't apply to you oh, okay diva you know everything revolves mm-hmm. around you diva um and so when they went to calling it the women's championship and that was actually a stephanie man thing i mean she was yeah. about look i mean but i think that was more for PR than it was her actually caring about the women's division. I think she just saw an opportunity. It was like, oh, uh, because, you know, that was around the time where, you know, women's sports in general just exploded and was Mm -hmm. really in the spotlight. And I I feel like Stephanie was like, oh, well, this is hot right now. We've got to jump on this and push this. I mean, they did the, you know, the all women's pay-per-view one time one time and then they haven't done one since they that to me that should be an annual thing but their philosophy is women's women's wrestling doesn't sell and the women's pay-per-view i don't remember the actual name of it um i remember it was in the fall or whatever year it was um evolution was it it wasn't i mean that sounds like a perfect name for it and I guess it also, it didn't sell out um, like the live audience, you know, there in person because the matches, when they showed it, they actually did not have the, the bright lights. They actually turned the lights down some. Yeah. You know, so that makes me wonder, did y'all do enough to promote this? No, they did not. I, I can tell you that just from watching, watching the program leading up to that they did not promote it like they would promote the world rumble or survivor series or even a b pay-per-view even right. a hell like hell in the cell hell in the cell gets promoted more than the evolution pay-per-view did and i just feel like that they it's another one of those things like when they like when they gave us 
Big E as the WWE champion or Kofi mm-hmm. as the WWE champion. It's like, okay, we gave you this. Now shut up. We're going back to the status quo. And I oh, feel because, like that's because we want Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I feel like that's what they did with the evolution pay-per-view is, you know, we, you know, we gave you what you asked for. Now shut up. We're going to go back. Because if you even notice, Ronda Rousey was still the focal point of that pay-per-view. She got the main event match and it's like yeah. her, her and Nikki Bella got the main event match. And it's like, are you kidding me? It's like, Really, I've, I've never that been time, that impressed by the Bella Twins. I've just no, not horrible. I mean, they're not horrible, but they're yeah. not. Of all the great matches that were on that pay per view, Becky and Charlotte should have main evented that pay per view. Yeah, because their feud was red hot at the moment. But it's like, oh no, we've got to make sure Ronda is the focal point of the women's division, and it's like, it's like again, it's like you do know she's a rookie, right? you do realize that you do realize she is not as the undertaker would say she's had uh there are women that have had more shower time than she's had ring time (laughs) yeah and i think part of the issue and just not uh curtsy me as well with the wwe they are catering towards the casual fan yep and every and if you look at every other wrestling company they cater to the hardcore wrestling fan. They cater to yep. the the diehard wrestling fans like you and I. They cater t- to us. WWE is more concerned with, like you said, with the casual fan. And the casual mm-hmm. fan is not going to sustain your business because they're only going to be there for certain periods. Like the casual fan is only going to be there from January to April during WrestleMania season. WrestleMania season, yep. Once WrestleMania is over, they're gone until next January when the Royal Rumble comes around again. Yep. And so so there's all that business is gone from, you know, right after WrestleMania until the next January. And then you've alienated your hardcore fans trying to pull in the casual fan. Uh, Well, maybe one day they'll start listening to us. Uh, They should. If they, uh, and um, between us and Jay and Trey, yeah, between us and Jay and Trey, uh, just listen to us, and your product would be better. Yeah, it just would. No, I mean, I, I think when did you just try? Well, I better not say this too loud because somebody may take me up on it. When did you just start our own wrestling company? Um, but from what I heard, running a wrestling company is not as um, yeah, yeah. I bet yeah, I've, I've heard it's not as fun as what it, it appears. Oh, there's I a whole lot imagine. of stuff. Uh, but maybe we should be booking for somebody. Yeah. You know, so we will get it back to actual wrestling back in the days here, because I'm pretty sure the first time you bought a magazine and all of a sudden you're reading about these wrestlers, you had no idea who they were. And, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it's like, what do you mean? There's a Portland? There's a territory in Portland? And, yeah. And things like that. But it made you want to read more and more. And that's, uh, I didn't have a guide to tell me who these things were. Mm-hmm. because i mean we started as casual fans and grew from there yeah and WWE, they're still yeah everybody starts as a casual fan i mean you see you catch or it at on least tv a, at least a curious fan yeah and you catch it on tv and you're like oh okay what's this but then for us it's like and millions of other wrestling fans we've stayed fans and it's just that that love for it has just grown and grown and it's like I appreciate these companies that 
appreciate their fans. I feel mm-hmm. like WWE does not appreciate their fans because they look at it like, well, we're going to make money in spite of you. And that's, that's the important thing. So we're not really concerned about whether or not you like our product. And that's the problem too, because they're, they're not concerned with whether or not we like the product because they know people are going to watch it anyway, and they're going to make their money. So they're going to put in the least amount of work possible because why do they have to? People are still going to tune in every week and we're still going to make our millions of dollars. Yep. So, uh, well, we'll see what happens this weekend with Elimination Chamber. Yeah, and we'll see. Hopefully it'll be a good show. Yeah, because Saturday is definitely a wrestling day for me because I got watching that during the day. They're going to go watch the NWF here in my orb that night. So. Yeah, I plan on watching Elimination Chamber live, but if we end up having something to do, I'll catch it that night on the replay. Yeah. But either way, I plan on watching it Saturday, either live or I'm pretty sure we'll both send out a, a text, you know, with not very friendly, friendly language on it. Oh, I'm sure. Point. Yeah. You may get mine um, late depending on when I watch it, but yeah, I'm sure something's going to happen and I'm not going to be happy with it. Yeah, I'll wake up and I go... And I'll hear my text tone go off, which, by the way, my text tone is the beginning of Megadeth, um, you know, almost honest. <laughs> um, <coughs> let, me, let me find it, you know, um, for the people out there who may not be familiar with it. Um, and I've had that actually as my 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 main text tone for um, years. Uh, and a couple of people actually, you know, like Tawana, you know, my wife, she actually has her own text tone. Um, and so does Avery and so does Layton. But everybody else, you get the the, the normal one, but uh, but I still like it. And that on it, where is my? Oh, there it is. Sounds. Um, uh, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, I heard okay. it. Yeah, so yeah, it, it's just perfect. Um, <laughs> And then my actual, yeah, we're, we're starting to talk about like ringtones now. Um, my regular ringtone, I used to have it as um, uh, Bobby Roode's theme song, the Glorious. Glorious yeah. yeah, I used to have it like as that, but then one day I changed it to um, Iron Maiden. I hear it. Yeah. My, yeah, so. uh, my current ringtone is uh, Roman Reigns theme. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. And my text message tone is um, Jarvis from Iron Man. It oh. says, says, excuse me, there's a message for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could find the one from Monty Python, the Holy Grail, when the arrow hits me in the chest. <laughs> yeah. Message for you, sir. Yeah. Because uh, um, I had that as in my email tone at my work computer back a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. That was on a classified system, too. So I'm trying to figure out how they, who put that on there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like I said, yeah, I'll be prepared if I hear if all of a sudden I hear Megadeth at like one o'clock in the morning my time, I'd be like, oh, Joyla must have just texted me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, then I'll go back to sleep unless the dog needs to go out. But hopefully, we get everything good for Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that show. Yeah, I need to. I need to get my questions uh, ready. Um, I may have you look over first, just make sure I don't say anything stupid, you know, um, I mean, and obviously not that I would intend to say anything stupid, but, you know, because I actually do try to be very, um, 
cognizant about what I'm saying, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so, <clears throat> but we only have one more person. Not obviously not a holdout. We just haven't heard from him as far right. as, you know, but I should see him Saturday. So maybe I get a chance to talk to him. Okay. So uh, we got the date. And plus we need to, everybody needs to confirm that yeah. time. So, yeah. uh, but uh, hopefully, you know, we can probably send us some messages like, um, well, person, after we get off here, if you want to actually, if you want to send out a message saying, Hey, we need, you know, yeah. three o'clock, does yeah. that work for everybody? You know, or two, three o'clock Eastern times that work for everybody. Yeah. So, because I get Sundays, I mean, as a, you know, as a day, usually, you know, people plan to do with families and things like that. So, mm-hmm. so I get if they, if they need to push it later, I, you know, yeah. uh, go for it. So, uh, but either way, I'll definitely be talking to you Sunday, you know, even okay. if we only get three out of four. Yep. You know, so I, I think it'll still be a good show. So because oh, yeah. I mean, all four are pretty solid. So you, yeah. even if you missed one, it would still be a good show. Yeah. So, but until then, God bless. All right. God bless.